Hi, y'all. You're listening to Ordinary People, Ordinary Things with me, your host, Melissa Radke, the ordinariest of us all. Hi, guys, and welcome to episode four, which I like to call doing the F word over. But that sounds completely inappropriate, and I didn't mean it that way at all. Or did I? You've been listening to me a couple of weeks. You tell me. All right. What I mean by that is this. We began to discuss the F word last week. The real F word. The horrible, horrible F word of forgiveness. And we had my pastor and my friend, Jeremy Yancey, on. And here's the deal. Got really good and it went really long. So we divided it into two weeks. And this is the follow up to that. Now, some of you may be going, are you kidding me right now? There's a follow up to that. It bored me to tears. But the truth is, I have heard from so many of you that you needed to hear this teaching. You needed to hear this this point of view. You needed to hear this perspective. You needed to be reminded that there is some unresolved feelings, bitterness, unforgiveness resentment in your heart. So many of you heard what we were talking about, and apparently it resounded with you guys as much as it resounded with me. So today we're going to continue talking about it. The F word. It's a crappy word, but we got to talk about it. So welcome my pastor, but mainly my friend, Jeremy Yancey. I don't think there's a listener that would say forgiveness isn't a good thing, mm-hmm. like, like that, that forgiveness is a bad thing. I think a lot of people want to forgive. They just don't know how. They just don't know how. Well, so you're asking me about the handlebars. You're the expert. You tell us. Well, I'm not. Uh, first of all, I'm not the expert. And second of all, to this point, there really hasn't been in my own life. And so, so I, uh, you know, and I don't wish to know this. Like, I don't want to speak from experience of a deep, horrific injustice. Yeah. Let me stop you there because as I was thinking about you and I getting together today and doing this, I couldn't think, because I I know you so well. I've known you for many years. You're one of my best friends. I I couldn't think of a time that you've had, that you've struggled to have to forgive someone. You have not had a real betrayal. Would you say, I mean, am I speaking for you? Of course. Sorry about that, but you know, and when I got the, when I got some, some time for us to talk about this before we started recording, I was thinking that too, like, what is something that's my story of, man, they, they violated that trust there. The betrayal was there. Um, I can think of definite irritations and there has been some trust broken in my life with people that I love, but it's not been anything that has been so severe that would consider like the horrific injustice category, right. you know? And so, but, but I think the, the misunderstanding there is even though I've not experienced that uh, forgiveness and how to doesn't have to come from uh, a place of personal experience. It, it comes from more just like the principles of life. So mm-hmm. whether you've experienced or not, there are just certain principles. There are certain laws of forgiveness. I agree with that. So listener, if you're listening, he is not one of those people that is trying to tell you how to raise your kids. And all he has is like a German shepherd at home. Okay. I hate those people. Um, (laughs) Oh man, I'm struggling with my parenting. Well, I've got a couple of dogs. I know how you feel. (laughs) 
shut up. Okay, yeah. So don't don't think that. Not only have you maybe not had a major betrayal. I mean, hey, hallelujah that you haven't, right? But you've certainly sat with a number of people. You've se- you have seen it in your family with family members. So I, yeah, I know I've that. seen it in our family. I've seen it across the couch with a friend that's talking about a spouse who's been unfaithful, children who were violated by a grandparent. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's been I, I've heard it all, and and it's it moves from those people that are irrationally irritated to that horrific injustice. But the principles are the same. So my hope today is that somebody is listening right now and they're going, oh, crap, they're talking to me. (laughs) Oh, crap. And they're getting emotional and they're getting heavy and they're getting hot under the collar because they know that this is for them. What now? How, How do they learn this? Help them. Yeah. There's a couple thoughts here. First of all, it's it's backing up and realizing what kind of situation am I dealing with? Sometimes people that have that irritation, they have grown it to be a lot bigger issue than it really is. And so stepping back and just doing some personal inventory on on kind of the, the shelves of unforgiveness, pulling off one box and identifying the fact that Christmas wasn't the way it was supposed to be because things didn't turn out the way you wanted or they didn't care about your situation. And and let's really investigate that one box. Was it irrational? Is it an actual betrayal? Is it horrific injustice? How deeply does that affect you? Start beginning to identify the areas of hurt because I, I think we all need to to understand it didn't start there. You know, nobody wakes up in the morning and and, and says, man, I'd love to have an affair. Um, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, man, I'm just, I'm full of rage and unforgiveness with someone. It's like this process, it grows. Um, but I think if you're listening and you have this feeling where you say like, I don't even care anymore. I don't care what they think. I don't care what they're going to say. I don't care if I hurt them. I, I don't care if they understand or not. They hurt me. I don't, I don't care whether I see them again or not. If If you say anything about anyone or any situation where you say, I don't care anymore. Mm -hmm. The truth is you actually do care. (laughs) You're not reached quite the level of apathy when you say, I don't care. It actually means you do, but it's, it's like, that's a remedy. Us telling ourselves, I don't care is a remedy for a hurt that just doesn't work. Now you, you said remedy. What do you mean? Like a protection? Yeah. It's a protection mechanism. I don't care. If I don't care about something, then it doesn't hurt me anymore. It doesn't affect me anymore. It doesn't, uh, who, you know, if I don't care, who cares? Like, like I don't care whether they did that to me. I don't care whether they want this to happen. I don't care whether they want to, to make amends in our relationship. I don't care. And it's in it. I think it's a protection mechanism and it's a kind of a remedy for a hurt. Okay. And it starts, that whole process starts with like, there's a distance in a relationship or there's a misunderstanding or trust is off center. And then you can begin to build walls from that distance. You begin to, you know, absence doesn't just make the heart grow fonder. Absence can build walls Absolutely. <laughs> in your life. Out of sight, out of mind. And, and so you begin to build walls and protection and then you start thinking about it over and over this thing that they said, this thing that they did, and you start wondering about it and you start asking questions to yourself. Am I not good enough? You know, I, I could easily go into like one example of marital infidelity and distance between relationship. And then it can move into building of walls before there's even an affair. Wow. And, and, and then there's an escalation of they don't get me. They don't understand me. And then I've got this person at work that laughs at my jokes and 
Consi- tells me I'm pretty. I mean, it's not as simple yeah, as that, of course, but I mean, it start, but you know what? It never starts crazy. It, I haven't ever had counseling session with someone that is dealing with an affair in their, in their marriage that said, you know what? It all just started when somebody just showed up in my work and said, Hey, let's sleep together. <laughs> like, it, like it, 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 it's more like, well, that's a nice jacket, but you go into distance into walls and escalation. You escalate the thing, you, you build it up in your mind and you start believing things that aren't true and you start thinking of things that trick you. And so it just builds up, it builds up. And, and so knowing if it's a horrific injustice, that's like a major, that does build up quickly. Right. Um, but something that's just a, I say just a, something that's a betrayal of a brokenness of trust. You know, how do we, how do we handle that? And we start feeling certain ways and saying th- certain things like, I don't care anymore. I don't even care. But it's kind of like the Snickers bar, you know, uh, you're not you when you're hungry. Mm-hmm. You're not you when you're hurt. You can't trust. That's a good point. Your emotions when you're hurting. Uh, you you think irrationally. You say things you would never say when you're wounded, when you're hurting, when trust is broken. You do things you know, you just can't trust you when you're when mm-hmm. you're hurting. And so the way you look at forgiveness, it's kind of like me getting back into the gym. I say to myself, this is so much easier when I was like five years ago, I could totally do this. If I did, man, no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm only 30. Why are you using a meathead voice? Like a oh, total like gym know. rat voice. I didn't think that was a gym rat that voice. That was like a. <laughs> <laughs> because I think it to myself, like I'm a gym rat, <laughs> like, you know, no. Um, You're like, Hey, watch me lift this couch. <laughs> watch me. Yes. <laughs> it's inside a Barbie doll house, but it's a couch. Um, no, I'm what I'm saying is. You're not you and you're hurt and you, so you can't trust your own emotions when you're trying to deal with forgiveness. And I was trying to make the point that um, when you go back into the gym after having been not in the gym for a while and you say, oh, this is so hard. I can't do it. This is so tough. I'm not in my 20s anymore. Oh, and your body is basically you can't trust your body because your body doesn't want to work out right. Then. Right. Like your body is sending you signals. Do not walk on that treadmill your body sends signals it's too early you need to rest your body really needs sleep right now and, and but you're you're convincing yourself you just can't trust you and you got to push back some of beyond some of that jeremy has my body been lying to me because <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are all the things it said to me <laughs> melissa darn you body what what voice does your body have by the way uh, obviously my my inner voice is a gym rat what is your inner it's a, voice it's like a kim kardashian voice it's like <laughs> this is this is my body right here don't try to imitate kim k i can't no i'm not going to i really think that you're gonna feel better if you just go home and you just eat cinderitos because you know how you love orange things <laughs> That's actually a fantastic Kim oh, Kardashian. Oh, if you listen to her on Instagram, she will put you sound asleep. <laughs> it's the most soothing thing. Okay. People are not going to get anything out of this, <laughs> but at least we got stuff off our chest, right? No, keep going. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Well, you know, I, and I think that you just can't trust you when you're hurt. And so it's good to go beyond yourself. A lot of the reason people are, are struggling with unforgiveness is because we try and find the strength all up in ourselves, like muster it up and bite the bottom lip. And, uh, you know, um, I've kind of based my entire life on the idea that there is something beyond us. Mm -hmm. 
and that it's not just like a a vague electrical force field out in the cosmos that it is a a god who loves us who showed that love through his son jesus and so through through the teachings of jesus whether you agree with christianity or not or whether you agree with uh the idea of a deity or not the teachings of jesus i have found that if you are stacked with enough humility you can learn from anybody right whether it's jesus or it it's an atheist you can learn from anybody if you got enough humility but in in the teachings of jesus and in in the you know as a pastor i see that i don't have what it takes to truly forgive all up in myself so i have to look beyond myself for strength and i think if you're a Christ follower, that comes from from Jesus. Mm-hmm. It comes from a personal relationship with him. If that's not where you are right now, or if that's not where you ever will be, I think you have to find some people in your life that will talk honestly with you, that that will come from a, a balanced perspective in your life. And not be your friends on Facebook that when you, when you spill your guts about, I'm never going to do that. You know, that uh, that's the last time you did that to me and all they're quoting you. Yo, you go girl. Or, oh yeah, you tell him what's up. Or man, I'll be keying his car. I got your back. I'm right. I know him. It all men are the same or whatever. You you flip it over, you know, and and it's, and it's regardless of the gender, like, Dude, listen to people that want you to get better, right. not just that want to fan the flame of your frustration. Like, listen to people that say you can you know what? You can get beyond that. Mm-hmm. But like, listen to those people. And so I see the teachings of Jesus as listening to someone that says, look, you you aren't you when you're hurting. And so you need strength outside of yourself. And I'm going to give you kind of a guide, a, a trail guide on how to how to deal with that. And I think it starts with releasing that person. Like you got to let go of the Doberman by the, by the years uh, you you've got to, to just choose to release somebody. Um, and I think many times a lot of people are looking for like complete restoration in a relationship. And, and that doesn't always come when, when you're looking for forgiveness, your first step is not complete. Like let's still be buddies. Right. You talked about a friend mm-hmm. who betrayed a trust, like, I'm assuming that you guys aren't like besties no, today. No, not at all. But it had to start with simply releasing them. Well, we have no relationship today, but we also don't have a bitter relationship today. And I got to the point where I knew that true forgiveness, total forgiveness for me would have to not only just release her, but want the best for her. And that, was hard for me, but you have to understand she didn't hurt one of my children. She didn't, you know, it, w- it wasn't that kind of thing. Um, but I had to want the best for her. And now I kind of do like, I, you know, if I hear she's gotten remarried, I'm, I'm like, Oh, I hope she's happy. I mean, it's very bizarre. I say that to say, how would anyone ever do it without Jesus? I just, it, I, I agree with what you said. They can. Oh, if you decide today that, uh-uh, no, don't try to trick me, Melissa Radke. I'm not going to fall for it. And and you want to look elsewhere, you can. And I b- agree with you. Find people that won't fan the flame. Find people that will be real with you and be honest with you. But, oh, my word. <laughs> Nobody walks in life saying unforgiveness is going to be like 
a gold medal. Mm-hmm. Like, like if you're going to earn a gold medal, don't do it in the unforgiveness category. Right. Um, and so people that fan the flame of your frustrations, they, that, that is toxic. That's mm-hmm. toxic. Unless your frustration is like a holy frustration, like poverty, like sex trafficking, like let people fan that frustration, <laughs> but like your frustration that that person didn't call you or, or that person wounded you or betray. And now you are just, you're reliving that and you're biting into it and, and, and you're just, you're, you're, you're continuing to let it just like run your brain. You want to know why a lot of people are stressed out these days is because they are view so much of their energy fighting an inside fight, saying what they wish they would say to somebody that is oblivious to what they're thinking at that point. And, and they are battling that out and they got to release it. You just got to you got to let that go. If you really want to start the process, forgiveness is instantaneous. The healing takes time. So to choose to forgive, even the Bible talks about like. You forgive 70 times seven. And in other words, um, that, that choosing to forgive is an instant moment, but sometimes that moment comes back right. and you have to forgive again and you have to forgive again. Boy, it sure does seem like a lot of energy to spend because you weren't invited. I think because that, you weren't invited to the party. Well, or, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? and that's the irrational irritation. Right. And some people, they, they've been so wounded that, that it is, it understands, but the energy it would take to forgive would free you up from so many other things versus the energy it takes to carry that around yeah, for the rest of your life. You would have so much more energy. If you were so, it's like, okay, think about this. It's like the spouse that is spending so much energy trying to cover up an affair. And they're, 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 they're covering up text messages. They're doing this. They're doing that. Oh they're, they're, they're running. And, and like, they are exhausted. If they could exert that kind of energy of serving their spouse versus trying to cover something up or getting counseling or, with or, their or spouse say, you know, yeah, working through. I, I'm dealing with all this stress and all this energy I'm spending because I'm dealing with the collateral damage of the fair versus let's, let's go through the tough time. I mean, people don't want to go to counseling because well, I don't want to air my dirty laundry or whatever, but instead you want to expend all this other energy hanging on to this unforgiveness or trying to cover things up or trying to, you know, just get back at someone and revenge, you know, so choose where you're going to spend yourself, choose yeah. how you're going to spend yourself. And if I could encourage anybody listening, spend yourself on releasing. And if you can reconcile, reconcile, uh, you know, reconciling the books, you're just balancing things out. It doesn't necessarily mean that the relationship might be exactly like it was. So there's kind of three levels. Release them is level one. That's for you. Reconciling is kind of balancing the books and things are back to things are okay. There's still that that trust. It's like a, it's like walking in your attic and you fall through the floor. Yeah. Uh, you don't trust the, the floor anymore. You fix it, but you're probably going to be a little delicate on your feet. The next time you walk in the attic, you're kind of going to watch your feet a little carefully. You, you fixed it. You've balanced the floor, but but you're going to be a little delicate in your, your steps. And that's the difference you would say in forgiveness and reconciliation. I think it's the difference between releasing and reconciliation and restoration. Okay. So th- those I would say are kind of the three levels like releasing whether they receive it or not, you've released them. Whether they fix things or not, whether they release you or not, or you know, if it's a mutual hurt or if it's something you did to them uh, and they're holding on or they did to you, you release it. Okay, uh, you take it out of your hand, you stop, you, you let go of the dog, kind of thing. But then reconciliation, you kind of balance things, but maybe there's still a little bit of like there's still trust issues. 
And it's going to take some time. Trust, forgiveness is instant, but trust, you got to, you got to earn back trust. But I think that as you earn back trust, that third layer, and not every relationship gets there, not every friendship gets there, that, that third layer is restoration. Mm-hmm. That, that's where things are whole. You trust each other. You, mm-hmm. you, you have each other's best intentions. Uh, the idea of, of faith, hope, and love, you know, like you really, you have faith in one another. You can really trust each other. That's difficult to get to. Mm-hmm. It takes time. But you don't get to restoration overnight. You start by releasing and then it's a journey. Yeah. Truth bomb. (laughs) (laughs) What have we really helped today? Like, do you feel like ordinary people, ordinary things? Have we given, have we helped? Yes, we've helped. I absolutely think so. You know, I, I think that a lot of the unforgiveness and the offenses could be really trimmed down. If there were some best practices put in, uh, so it's not even about like forgiving. It's more like preemptive, Uh like instead of having to get to the point of forgiveness, you can kind of don't be easily offended. Do a preemptive strike on that. Like Mm -hmm. so many people are so easily offended. And I think it's it it stems from not being able to manage conflict. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, conflict is a part of life. It's a part of a great movie has good conflict. People want to watch Mari because, you know, the conflict between the DNA test, which are I was you, watching the other way. Mari Povich? Mari Povich. Boy, he's gotten old. How did we go from this profound moment to you talking about Mari Povich? Is he even on? He, he is on, but he's, he, he's old and it's still the same thing. But uh, anyway, what were we talking about? You were talking about preemptive strike on forgiveness. <sighs> A preemptive strike on forgiveness is understanding the level of trust that has been broken or bent. And I think the question everybody is asking, they don't even know they're asking the question that an employee asks and a question that a spouse will ask a question that children ask. They don't even know they're asking. And I think it's a fundamental question. Am I safe? Am I safe? We want to know that we can trust the people we're with. And when that trust is wounded, bent, when there's a splintering in trust, the same way we have automatic mechanisms as a child when we don't feel like we're safe, right? a defensive mechanism, that defensive mechanism over time builds up and builds up and builds up. And anytime there's this slight feeling of unsafe or slight feeling of of inconvenience, you know, it goes from safe to inconvenience, like right. that irrational irritation. So I'm inconvenienced and I'm going to flip out on the cashier at Walmart because I'm inconvenienced and I am so easily offended, but it comes back down to some other root issues of feeling safe, feeling vulnerable. You know, you and I've talked a lot about the work of Brene Brown, who's a oh, genius Lord, yes. about vulnerability and, and just being willing to behind the curtain kind of see who I am and my, my frustrations and my failures and, and be okay with it and and be okay with it. And then, and, you know, navigate those things. So if people can uh, do a preemptive strike by just being a little bit more aware of the three levels, is this an irritation? Is this really a betrayal? What was the intention? I like what it says in uh, the paraphrase version of the Bible called the message. It says, uh, love is crediting each other with good intentions. And sometimes we've just been wounded to where we we don't credit 
each other with good intentions because we, we lost that safety net. The trust, like I said, has been splintered. And, and so, you know, we got to start somewhere, start right. somewhere. One of the things I wanted to bring up before we close, and I, I wanted to share it with you, but you were on a roll a few minutes ago. And that is you do this thing at, at, we do it in service. Sometimes you have us do it. I don't know if it came from you or wherever, but I love it. And I've stolen it from you. And I do it in one of my sessions for This Sucks, But God Is Good. I spoke at a speaking engagement this weekend, and I used it, made the whole crowd do it. Hmm. And it's when you make us ball our fist up. Like, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so talk, apply well, that to this area of unforgiveness. I, I'm sure that's not original, but I, I picked it up somewhere. I couldn't. I can't give you the source. But for, for everybody listening, if you just kind of put your hands out in front of you and turn your palms upward and then just tighten up your hands into the tightest fists you can do. And do it like keep it there, like till your veins like, are like, about to pop. Like till you till your arms shake, just mm-hmm. like squeeze in. Some of you ladies with the longer fingernails, you, I mean, you're digging in, you're digging in the nails into your palm, right? Just hold on, don't 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 stop. Keep keep it tight, mm-hmm. and you hang on to that, and you do now now slowly slowly begin to let go. And I'm doing it right now, and I'm kind of shaking because I'm t- t- like, but slowly, like barely start. Letting go. Your hands are still in a fist, but the pressure's off. And mm-hmm. and now now you can even feel there's tension there as as I begin to start trying to push my fingers, fingers out, out. I can even feel like I'm still I still like a, I have a claw look. I'm not quite in a fist anymore, but I slowly pull it out. Boy, doesn't that feel better when I slow now there's pressure there, there's tension. So many people are exercising so much energy hanging on when if you could just let it go and really open up. And I have found that when I walk clenched fists, I miss opportunity. I miss opportunity for growth. I miss opportunity to hang on to something else. I miss opportunity to receive other things from people. When I've got my fist so clenched up like that. But Jeremy, one of the most beautiful things is that if you start palms up and your fists are clenched, that by the time you open them, they're still palms up. And to me, that's the most beautiful Mm. part, even of all, at the end of it, after the unclenching, after the pain and the torture and the uncomfortableness, your palms are up as if to say, okay, it's, it's all been released. What now? Take my hand. Show me how to do this. And I think what we need most is those palms back up because I believe Mm -hmm. that there is a loving God. And I believe that when we open our palms up and we're expecting to receive from other people, we'll be let down pretty quick. But if we can lean in to the love of God, uh, to the pure love of God, that isn't based on what I do to earn love. It's just, he loves you because he loves you. And he showed that love to us. And and like, if we can just be palms up like that, we receive so much more. We receive what we really need. And, um, and it makes it, man, it makes for, for a better life. Uh, I think a less stressed life and, and a life of less regrets. Maybe it's because I love you, but I think this has been wonderful. Yeah. Yes. I would give it a, I wouldn't give it an A. <laughs> you wouldn't? Out of a skill. You know what? I think we're, I think I'm harder on myself with you. Why? Well, because I want to, I want to make sure that, look, I want us to have a good conversation, but also, man, I, I just know that 
there are so many people that are going to eye roll when it comes to forgiveness a little bit. Yeah. And it's just because they've just been so deeply hurt. Yeah. And I, and it's like, I hate that. I hate that for them. Yeah. Let me tell you, I, I wasn't sure I wanted to do this as episode three, to be perfectly honest. I, I, I just felt like, oh, no, no, I need to keep it light. I need to keep it funny. Because because that's my nature. My nature is to be funny and, you know, keep it light. But I can't negate the fact that there is unforgiveness in my family. I can't negate the fact that there has been unforgiveness in my heart. And nor can I negate the fact that I just spoke to a room full of women. And I guarantee you more than half of them are dealing with unforgiveness. It is real. It is prevalent. And it is crippling. If we do not learn how to do it. So look, sometimes you got to put the funny aside and heal. So look, I may have people write me and direct message me. You can if you want. That says, I'm just really disappointed. That was not lighthearted and funny, Melissa. No, it was life-saving. I've loved you being here. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you, Melissa. And I... And you're not really done yet. Okay. Are we... You know, yes, you said we were... I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. copy of today's show notes, visit our website at www.melissaradke.com or www.ordinarypeopleordinarythings.com. You can also keep up with all of the latest by following me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Y'all know I can't work Snapchat. Also, if you'd like to know about our guest today or have him come speak, y'all, he's one of the best communicators I've ever heard, then we will have all of his info and where you can find him all there on today's show notes. So look him up. Okay. One of the things that I want to do, I try to do it at the end of every episode. um, And that's been all three times is I want to do a lightning round with you. Sure. Let's do it. Okay. So I'm going to ask you questions and you just have to choose one. The one that appeals to you common sense. Why? I don't know your opinions the most like, Am I only allowed to give, am I, am I allowed to give an explanation of no, why I would choose something? Lord, all I you think that's unrealistic. Ex- what a nerdy thing to say. All well, right. Well, that's an unrealistic expectation because I want to manage my expectations well here. Okay. Can you stop managing them? You've already got me as a friend. I can't get any better for you. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Toilet paper over or under? The way it's supposed to be. Over. <laughs> couch or recliner? I don't even own a recliner, so it would have to be a couch. Um, also I've had this bad situation where I'm snoring really bad. So I've gotten used to the couch cause my wife is a very mm. light sleeper. She's like, but you don't have a recliner. You I don't have a recliner. Never get your, out of it. Your dad has a recliner upstairs. Mm-hmm. We watched the, the, the movie together, me and your dad. That's a little weird, but yes, <laughs> he had his own recliner. We weren't in the recliner together. There was like several recliners there. And I did like that recliner. That was very nice. It was so very nice. if I had the choice between recliner and couch, if it was a nice recliner, I think I'd choose a recliner actually. Okay. Onion rings or French fries? If the fries are doused in cheddar and bacon, then yes. (laughs) (laughs) Star Wars or Star Trek? You know, both. My dad was a huge Star Trek fan, but I also have seen all the Star Wars. And so I like like both of them. Road trip or quick flight? Quick flight. Really? I like a good road trip. Why? Because you get to go to all the gas stations and get junk food. 
like what you need to listen to music. You get to make your own playlist. You know that airports though have like like shops in them that you can get M and M's. I'm not saying I want to drive from here to you know Route 66, California. I love a good road trip. I like doing it with people that I like. I like packing a cooler and pulling stuff out of it like the whole time. Like, oh, there's the brownies I made. And then you can play a Spotify playlist. You can prop your phone up on the dashboard and watch a movie as a passenger. Don't be unsafe. I just like a good road trip. I think it's funny for someone who wants to ride a hoverboard from their master (laughs) bedroom to the kitchen. (laughs) You're like... (laughs) I like. I get out of bed in the morning. I'm like, I'm so. Where's sick my of, hoverboard? I'm so sick of walking. It's so dumb. Um. Okay. And lastly, yeah. J Lo or J Law? Who is J Law? Is that Jude Law? <laughs> oh, Jennifer Lawrence, J Lopez, or Jennifer yes. Lawrence? J Lo or Jude Law is like a completely <laughs> different like, direction. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's for another show at another time. Yes. J Lo or J Law. Listeners, just FYI, right now, you can't see this, but he is struggling with this decision. <laughs> deep contemplation. Um, but he liked them both. Yeah, well, yeah, the context is, is different. One's more of a singer to me, the other one's an actor. Oh, yeah. That's what, that's what you're, you're thinking about their talents right now. Well, you're first of all, don't, do not put any talents. <laughs> you're, you're an idiot. Don't be putting stuff into my brain or don't be putting <laughs> words into my mouth or stuff into my brain. No, I was trying to think, who do I like? Like, I was trying to think of, okay, you remember the old movie Enough where Jennifer oh, Lopez is mm. like, got the abusive husband. Kicking butt and taking names. I watched that recently. It was probably, it was like on Lifetime or something like that. <laughs> yes, I just admitted that. But, but it was, uh, man, I, I like, that was a good movie. But then I think of Jennifer Lawrence and I think of the Hunger Games and I, and I, and I think of whatever. I mean, she's, she's sharp and she's funny. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I like, I think I'm going to lean towards Jennifer Lawrence. Me too. The woman tripped walking up to her. And then she had something funny to say. She was quick. She didn't like freak out about it. Unlike what was up with this whole Mariah Carey thing at New Year's Eve again? <laughs> Like, like, did you watch the New Year's Eve with Mariah Carey? Like no. the first year she, she made all oh, these excuses. Terrible. And then the second year in the middle of her performance, she's like, nobody brought me tea. I needed my tea, but that's okay. You guys are chill. You guys are freezing. But like, like she is. Oh my gosh. So I think that Jennifer Lawrence has that more girl next door, easygoing, funny. For sure. That's, I've always found that attractive. And you know, I think that's my wife. Like she's funny. She's easygoing. She's beautiful so i just asked you a question about j-lo or jennifer lawrence and you were able to slip your wife in here yeah well which is another j well played sir (laughs) j-yance what well played yes okay that's it that's it for the lightning round thank you very much you're welcome you've explained everything like 40 times over so i think we're good hey no 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 we're gonna talk about this for a second what now i'm gonna ask you a couple of questions no the interviewee has become the interviewer. Here's the deal. Talk to me about. You don't know what to when, ask me because you literally know everything. I know everything I about you. To, yeah. Hey, we're going to have a conversation about Maui. And <laughs> 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 that's for a different podcast. <laughs> we'll always have Maui. No, not us, fool. With our spouses <laughs> dingling. So you really don't have any questions for me? 
I'm just wowed you and you don't feel like you can top it. I understand that. No, that's totally cool. I, I mean, I don't know if I have questions about forgiveness or things. So like, what do you feel is your next step in forgiveness? Um, I'm pretty good. I'm really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that all over your face. Um, well, honestly, I though. For me, it depends on the situation. Oh, not forgiveness. Forgiveness never depends on the situation. The process of it yeah. and how to handle your next steps. My next steps depends on what that is. Like a, it, yeah, it's it's you're you're in different. You're on different playing fields with different people. Yeah. So, were you surprised at the results of the Academy Awards a couple of weeks ago? I w- I was. I, I got to tell you, the older I get, the less I want to watch. Like I fast yeah. forwarded through a lot of it. I didn't even watch it. I'm pretty much there for the hairstyles. Like I love the hair and I, even more than the dress, like, you know, cause I want to be comfortable. I will say there was one presentation came out to give, you know, the award or whatever. And it was Tiffany Haddish mm. who is a comedian and Maya Rudolph, who is just hilarious. Yeah. And they came out together. That was a highlight. That was a highlight because they were just funny. They were just themselves. And of course, Melissa McCarthy wasn't on it, so I didn't really watch. Right. You know what I mean? I love her. I love her. She is your spirit animal. <laughs> Y'all. Oh, my goodness. The girl that sang This Is It, This Is Me. Oh, yeah. Killed it. And the song didn't even win. The song did not win. I don't get that. I don't either. Like, I feel man. like they were kind of uh, snubbed a little bit. Maybe so. I thought she did amazing. thought she did great. Well, if your listeners ever get a chance to hear you sing you're a pretty dadgum good singer you could probably take that take that uh, song and and take hey are you going to attach to the show notes our videos our videos i should i should attach one for sure yeah i think they would be a a blessing to people (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) they'll have to forgive us after yeah exactly Hey guys, I want to interrupt really quickly to let you know this. If you are looking for hope, transformation, life change, then I want to encourage you to take a course that I offer called This Sucks, But God is Good, based off of a very hard time in my life that, if I can be perfectly honest, totally sucked. I encourage you to go to the show notes today. You'll not only find a link, you may even find a little promo code for yourself. But I really think it will be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And don't worry, you're not doing it alone. I'm right there with you. Thanks for joining us today for Ordinary People, Ordinary Things. Special thanks to Pastor Jeremy for being with us today. Make sure to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss a thing. And as a reminder, please leave us a rating, but only a nice one. Y'all, if you can't leave a five star, then email me at melissa at melissaradke.com and tell me why. Because I'm listening and I want you listening too. I think the ability to grant someone real, true forgiveness is hard. I mean, it's really hard. It's also necessary. So to be able to do it and mean it, guys, that's a miracle. And as we know, miracles are all around us. We just get so used to seeing them, we call them ordinary things. Till next time. Mic drop. I'm kidding. Don't touch these mics. I have this.
This microphone picks up a lot of noise. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> and I think your audience is going to understand that. Oh my God, we have not been recording this whole time. You're a freaking idiot. <laughs> and it's like, I know that maybe I was unfaithful and I'm not going to forgive him until I find out what the DNA tests are. And, and, and that's, um, that is not a black woman or a white woman, by the way. I'm, I want to make sure we're going we're gonna to get that. <laughs> that's just that's an just, angry woman. That's just an angry woman. Jeez, that's vulnerable. <laughs> Golly, thanks a lot for that. I am that Oprah of podcasts. Jeremy, you need to know that coming mm. on. I am. Mm. You know who said that? <laughs> Not so much. You know who said that about me? Who said that? I said that about me. Oh. But it's true. And that's where the music starts. Boom. <laughs> 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 